Mother Others Podcast is your weekly dose of two moms navigating life and rewriting the motherhood blueprint. We're here to give you our real and unfiltered opinions on life's most complex topics. All, All truth, truth, no sugarcoating. All mothers. mothers. <laughs> me last week i missed you something terrible i know i know but how was your week how was the holidays it was really good uh thanksgiving was quiet you know we stayed local i didn't i I opted out of the family and friends type of deal i just stayed right here in the area didn't travel didn't commute i did cook a little bit nothing too much um and i really enjoyed it yeah you know but i I missed you i missed the family i I missed our listeners yes we missed you guys what about you how was your thanksgiving how was your week um so the week is good was good um thanksgiving was good it was different i wasn't with my family i was with my girl's family so something different but it was a lot of fun and i'm glad i did that this wasn't your first time meeting them was it oh no no no. it was my first time meeting them but it was like our first like real function not just me meeting in passing so it was cool so this is official official Girl, get me off the next topic. <laughs> you try to put my business out on the podcast. Well, speaking of putting people's business out, let me let me say this real quick because we're on mothers, so I have a mother situation. Oh. Sis. So my oldest son is 11. He has um, his own cell phone. We oh. got it for him at the end of last year. Okay. Because he's in middle school now. Yeah, you need that. Um, he has some friends in his group chat that are completely inappropriate. Texting, curse words, uh, eggplant emojis, um, calling people, G-A-Y. And they're saying it in jest, but that's not funny to me. I don't Mm -hmm. like that. No, we don't like Um, that. But the one thing that I appreciate is, even though I read the whole comment thread, Mm -hmm. Aries does not respond in kind. So his responses are not with curse words and things that are inappropriate. Okay. Shout out nephew. He know what's up. So he's not negatively influenced by them. Mm-hmm. But as a mom, I don't like these friends. Yeah, no, I would definitely watch the friends because I feel like my nephew is going through a similar situation. It's like you want to be in with your group of kids, even though you probably know you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And it definitely comes out sometimes. So let's watch nephew a little bit. Let's see what's going on. I do appreciate his confidence though, because he's not, whatever they're saying, he's not feeling like he needs to repeat or, you know, he might joke back, but he, whatever they've said to him, it's just rolled off his back. So I love that. And the other thing that, you know, he doesn't know that I know. He doesn't know I went through the phone. So my thing was, Ooh, do I address it or do I wait? So I've decided to wait, wait and not yeah, say wait. anything because mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything that was so significant that I need to say something to other parents yeah, or anything yeah, like that. Nah. But I don't want to alert him because I don't want him to start deleting stuff. Girl, because if we had it stuff, then I'm going to take the phone. So mm-hmm. what's up? Mm-hmm. So and then speaking of business, other people's business. Did you see Pastor Jakes in his old white tracksuit? Girl, he be looking. I don't know who styles him. And it's got to be the same people that be styling Sarah and um, Torrey sometimes. But I like his little, I'm just not a pastor in my suits all the time vibe that he be trying to give off. It's kind of cute. It's giving me sugar daddy vibes. Mm-hmm. Them be the sugar daddies that be chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't ever get an Idris. I always get a Pastor Jake's. <laughs> yes. Because you know, credit score is high though. So hello. 
<laughs> well, speaking of Pastor Jake's and the church and things like that, you know, this has been a long time coming. Girl, every week I'm like, is this the week we're going to do the black church? I felt like we were going to do it the first week after we went to go see Sarah Jake's. I was yes. like, all right, that's going to be our first, first episode. Glad it wasn't. Right. Um, but this one is overdue. Yes. So come on, let's dive right into it. We're going to dive in or we're going to give a disclaimer first. Okay, let's The do people a need a disclaimer because what we about to say and how we about to give it to them, somebody might unfollow. Okay, so here's the thing, y'all. And we've said this in previous episodes. You Wait, do change not- your tone, change your tone, sis. Change so they understand it's for real. Go ahead. Okay. So, so what you going to say? The views expressed by Aerie and Chatty Patty mm-hmm. are our own. Oh. We do not need to argue with you in the comments. We are not trying to change your views. Not please this week. do not try to change ours. At all. If you are easily offended, please log off. Right please now? click out mm-hmm. and join us next week. Yes, next week. It'll be a great time. Okay. And if you are not easily offended and you want two different views, maybe not opposing opinions, but different views, mm-hmm. a different outlook on it, stay tuned. Okay. Alrighty, we good? Are we ready? All right, y'all got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Okay, sister, so black church. Woo, girl. <laughs> How do you feel about religion currently? Let's dive right into this thing. What's your experiences with the church? What's your current take on it? Okay, so personal personal outlook. I actually just left the church about. A year and a half ago, hmm. which is funny because in 2016, I was baptized Oh, oh. that recently. And in 2016, I was baptized by 2018. I was done M- more like 2017, but 2018, I was officially done. What happened? So I um, was a member and, and I use member loosely. I attended okay. um, a, a very popular church. And I will omit names because yes, there are... Yes, do names today. There are still people and there are still some ministers at this church who I do respect and do care for. But I will say the organization overall, there is no organization. Oh. And um, a lot of people in leadership were very hypocritical. From the choir to some of the pastors, right on down to, you know, some of the active members of the congregation. Very hypocritical, um, isolated people. You know, I, I grew up in a bunch of different churches because remember, you know, for those of you who don't know my upbringing, my grandmother um, initially raised me and then lost custody of me. I ended up in foster care and then going off uh, to live with my dad. So I've attended and been a member of numerous different uh, churches, different faiths. Mm-hmm. So started with, you know, the good old Baptist uh, Christ, uh, yeah, Christian church and then um, Jehovah's Witness, mm-hmm. Seventh-day Adventist, Sabbath Keepers, and then came back to, you know, a, well, a non-denominational but Christian type of church. Okay, okay. So I've experienced it all. And I've had, I have friends who are of the LGBTQIA community who have told me that they've experienced moments of isolation and feeling unwelcome and things like that. But that had never really been my personal experience because, you know, whatever sins I committed, nobody was privy to. Mm-hmm. The moment that I got pregnant, Outside of marriage, that was the sin that people could see. And they treated me like I wore a scarlet letter. Mm. And I, I remember feeling so isolated and so lonely and suffering from depression. And the person who I conceived this child with was a member of the church. 
and there was an outpouring of support for him, but not for me. I, I was treated as if I had sullied him. And when we went to counseling, the response from the pastor who was counseling us was more in defense of him and accusation of me. Oh, girl. Woo. Sip yes. drink. Go give me the story to this because I got to sip on it. I'm just. So and then and at a time like that, mm-hmm. that's when you want to lean into your faith even further, mm-hmm. because according to the Bible and according to faith, I had sinned and uh-huh. I understood what the sin was. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let me get back on the right track. Because I just got baptized, you know, a year and a half ago. Let Mm -hmm. me get myself back right. So I tried to lean into church even more. Mm -hmm. Um, People who attended that same church, who were friends with me, who would go out and hang out with me and things like that, stopped picking up the phone because they didn't want me and my pregnancy to sully them or to dirty them. Um, The people in the choir who were uh, close friends with my son's father, they didn't want me around. Um, we all went to like a community or it was a Christmas dinner, excuse me. And I was treated so poorly. I felt so uncomfortable sitting at that table. I was so unwanted in that moment. And when I brought it up to him, um, because we were still trying to work through some issues at the time, um, I don't think he understood it because he wasn't the one made to feel that way. All the shame was cast on me. As if I, you know how when they talk about um, Adam and Eve and Eve in the garden, more of the blame goes to Eve mm-hmm. than Adam. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. But Adam participated too. Girl, no, he did um, Well, he, he told Jesus that it was Eve. Right, he so. did. But but that's that's how women are viewed. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and I had never seen that treatment until I had to go through it. And um, after that, I was done. I was turned off. I had kept trying. I kept going. When I showed up to uh, some of the services, the people who would greet me warmly and hug me tightly, good morning, hand me the pamphlet, and it's, you know, you're on your way to your seat. That, that warmth wasn't there anymore. It, they didn't see the ring. They saw the big belly. They put it together. Oh, mm, good morning. But when it was, you know, just me, and they, there was no preconceived notion. You couldn't see what sins I committed yesterday. I wasn't wearing it to church. Mm-hmm. I was greeted so warmly and welcome and high and hugged. And the moment that they could see the sin, the quote unquote sin. Mm. Yeah, I was turned on. Or I've had, you know, family members who were very uh, Christian say some really nasty things to me about that pregnancy. Not knowing what I was already experiencing in the church. Right. Family saying really, really nasty things about that pregnancy. Mm. Um, when I tell you I was, I, I couldn't lean into anybody um, in that moment. And I didn't want to lean into my friends because it seems like when I go through things, my friends go through things too. I was by myself and I suffered in silence and I suffered alone and nothing was done about it. So yeah, so that's been my experience and I walked away and I'm mentally, I'm good. You know, I sought therapy because you know, that's another thing in the church. You pray, pray for it. Pray that that happens. Pray that that goes away. You can't pray everything away. Everything isn't, yeah. It's okay to get counseling even while you're praying. It's Absolutely. okay. God and therapy is a thing. And so when I say I left the church, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in God anymore. Because when, when people say, oh, I don't go to church, mm-hmm. the automatic assumption is, oh, that's, you know, she's, oh, that's girl, that devil stuff. I, or, girl. That's satanic. Or, girl. The judgment is automatically girl. there. No, I just don't go to church. Exactly. I still believe. Uh-huh. 
And that's that on that. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your relationship been like? Um, so of course, praying grandmother. So I grew up um, Jehovah's Witness as well, um, Baptist as well. See, this is the I love when I find out new stuff about you. Never knew that. We have so much to relate on. We went to the Kingdom Hall faithfully growing up. Um, that's what most of my family is. And then there was a time when um, people found out that my mom was just common law marriage. So, I mean, she didn't have a, she had a ring, but it wasn't sanctioned by a piece of paper on the state of Virginia. So, um, Bible study at our house stopped. Mm-hmm. Watchtower service stopped. Wow. Nobody knocked on the door for a while. These were people that we were studying with faithfully week in and week out and it stopped. And it was all because they found out that my mom was common law marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had the other side of, and the, really the only thing I remember about the hall is that it was long as hell and we had to sit in the back room anyway. So it wasn't like I remember a whole lot and that we were missing a whole lot, but, right. um, then the Baptist side, like I always went with my grandma and she's very still much into, um, her faith. And, um, I mean, my experiences have always been okay. I, I'm thankful that like I grew up with religion but i've also seen sorry i'm like hitting your foot You're fine. <laughs> um, i also grew up um where it wasn't a necessary like something that you necessarily had to do every weekend mm-hmm. so that way i got to form my own opinion with it like um i remember one summer my sister was watching me while my mom was at work and two guys came to our house on bicycles they were doing their um, ministry and they were mormon and we didn't know they were mormon but we knew that they had a bible and it was good for you mm-hmm. so we would let them come in and do bible study and then all of us and my mom was like oh it's okay because it's you know bible or whatever and back then it's like the 90s it was no big deal about random strangers coming to your house mm-hmm. um we got our paper to come and actually be in the faith and i think i was like six so my sister had to be like 13 14 and we were getting baptized as mormons and my mom was like oh y'all gotta stop right <laughs> so so that was that um and then more recently just I don't go to church, but you know how I feel about Sarah Jakes and you know how I feel about my live stream, my church um, sessions, which I haven't done very recently. And I'll talk to you about that as well. But I mean, church is just I have praying grandmothers and I know I'm supposed to pray to God and I read my Bible when I want to. And I can tell you a little bit and I'm never going to say that I read it front to back. So don't quote any scriptures that I say. Right. Leave it at that. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> like leave it at that. That's how I feel about um, church. But what I will say is. I do not like mega churches. Okay. And that we can agree on. And let me tell you why. So yes. the the church that I attended um was a baby mega church. Mm. It wasn't yet. There's a lot of them around here. Yes. So it had three different campuses. Yeah, three different campuses and it fell under a mega church. Okay. So my official uh the senior pastor of this church mm-hmm was a disciple of someone who owns a mega church in the local area okay, or not okay. owns, but is the senior pastor of right. a mega church in the local area. So what I will say is what I truly dislike about mega churches is that if you're not in like in the click mm-hmm. or a part of some part of the ministry, whether it be choir, usher, deacon, whatever, mm-hmm. It can you can easily get lost or get discarded. Yeah. You can show up every Sunday mm-hmm. and sit in the back and not and other than say good morning, not have a relationship with 
people. Mm -hmm. And if one Sunday you stop showing, nobody knows what happened to you and nobody questions it, right? Mm -hmm. Where in a smaller church, if you are just the quiet person that sits in the back, Mm -hmm. somebody is still going to notice you've been coming every Sunday and you're sitting in the back and this Sunday you didn't come. What was that person's name? They wrote it down on, remember, you know Mm -hmm. how you used to have those cards? I don't know if they still have those. They do. Are you a a visitor? Right, are you a visitor? (laughs) They actually took pride in keeping that information Mm -hmm. and then reaching out to people during the month to see how they're doing. Exactly. In mega churches, you don't get that. So if you fall off, Nobody comes, knocks on your door, knows what, how to call you, how to reach you. Mm-hmm. I remember we stopped going to a church that uh, back in the day in the 90s. And not only did the uh, pastor's wife show, show up, she showed up with the de- the head deaconess, Child. somebody from the choir. Child, they coming in. And they came and brought a fruitcake Honey. and sat down. They didn't even open the Bible. They just wanted to see how my grandmother was doing. Mm-hmm. And so that type of quality check, yeah, that's what's missing with mega churches. If you're not a part of the clique, if you're mm-hmm. not a part of the ministry, you get overlooked. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I told you I'm from um, Madison, Virginia, so very yes. small town or whatever. And I remember growing up, so even down to the hall, but um, also just the churches I've been to, they're smaller. So me and my um, best friend slash sister, my um, my mom and I, like a couple years ago, we had moved to Alexandria. We were trying to find a church. So we went to this church that we heard about. I like the church overall. I would never go and sit in the sanctuary. And I won't do that because I don't want my hymns to be on a big screen. It just doesn't feel personal to me. Like, I feel like when I want to go and receive a word, I want to just go and receive it. And I want it to be for me. And I want to digest it. I don't want it to feel like, Okay, it's a business transaction. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel about a lot of these churches because there's an ATM in there. Mm -hmm. And I understand you want to be convenient because nobody carries cash these days. Or it's, um, oh, it's okay. Pull out your phone and text 55555 to this number. You can donate via text message. Or it's just... Too much. Just, just. It's a production. It really is point. a whole yeah. show. Yes. And I, I just told you, like, I love to live stream churches. I do. Um, so I understand that level of production. You want to be able to reach all of your listeners, all, all right. of your followers. That part is great. But just everything else, it's just a little much. It's a little much for me. So after I left the church that I was previously talking about, I did try to attend a couple different churches in the area. Mm -hmm. One church I went to one Sunday, I remember they would not let us leave. They would not uh, do benediction because they were trying to do an altar call and nobody came down. And when I tell you they held up church for an extra close to 40 minutes and refused to let, I mean, not let people go because people could have walked out, mm-hmm. but you don't want to do that because you don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, when it comes to church, it just feels so wrong to just walk out. You know, right, you stayed right. this whole time for the message and the sermon and you're just trying to, oh, well, maybe they'll wrap it up. Maybe they'll wrap it up. No, when I tell you they stayed down and tried to like describe, you know, the Holy Spirit is telling me it's a Brenda or it's a, it, it's a Barbara, somebody with a B over here. Mm. Okay, now, you you know God is telling you to come down. You know God told you you need to come down here. And they were chastising the entire audience because one person wouldn't come down to the altar call. And my thing is, if somebody doesn't feel convicted in that moment, mm-hmm. how dare you try to shame them mm-hmm. into coming down? Mm-hmm. Say, you know, hey, 
we we had you know altar call for five minutes no one felt comfortable enough to come and share their story or give their life to christ in front of the church mm-hmm. we'll still be here because i feel it on my heart mm-hmm. that somebody needs to get saved today so we're gonna go ahead and release you all but we'll be here an extra 30 minutes for anybody that wants to come down mm-hmm. close out the service don't hold people hostage because you need to show that you have the power of the holy spirit to call people down to the altar Girl, 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 girl. That was the last time I went there. Yeah, somebody just somebody just exited the the, the, the uh, podcast when you said that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do feel like it is their duty as a pastor to make that remark and continue yes. to make it until yes. someone comes. That is their job. If that is laid until upon their heart, until someone comes. What if everybody's saved? What if nobody comes? You can be saved and still need to come down to that altar now. <laughs> but what if what if repent, no one felt repent. convicted to come? We stay there all night because God told him if it's one, then he can stay there all night for that one. If it's one, that's what he can. gotta be saved. If he placed it on his heart, it's all gotta be saved. And I and I agree. However, but no, I think right. there's a way. Yeah, right, there's a after. way to do things. Yeah, and yeah, if you feel that. that convicted that mm-hmm. God is saying somebody needs it, mm-hmm. then. Instead of trying to shame them, because now at this point, I done held up the church for 30 minutes. Now I don't want to come because now everybody going to be looking at, oh, you the one? I would have <laughs> rather been held up for an altar call rather than a collection plate. Mm-hmm. I was in service one time, girl. And when I tell you they didn't collect it, went to the back, came back again and said, oh, no, no, no. We need, we need some more money. We need, we are looking for this today. And um, then they say, God told us. No, it was no God. We are looking for this today. This, oh, they is didn't... The num- this is the number we need to reach. Okay, because and... I've been in a church where somebody said, God said we were going to hit the goal of such and such and such and such. I was like, wait Oh, a minute. that's the um, that's the video of Pastor Brian's church down in um, ATL <gasps> when Tiana was there. Yes, when the um, the old Southern preacher was like, oh, yeah, because I know we're going to get $10,000 in here and everybody just give a th- $1,000 and blah, blah, blah. That is the worst thing to me that you can do. Mm -hmm. The absolute worst. I literally got on the phone after I went to church and I called my grandmother. And I said, Grandma, how can they do this? And she said, well, they probably didn't mean it like that. I said, no. This is what was said. You're telling me you take credit, debit, and you need to hit a certain number. And people need to reach back in their pockets. I gave you what was on my heart to give. They said credit, debit, cash, coins, check. You name it. Girl. (laughs) Name it and give it. I said, oh, no, this is not right. But sis, I, we got to really dive into this because I feel like we didn't gave them our background. We didn't told them what we feel about church. But it's a lot to be discussed about the black church and the state of where we are as young people today and the state of how our religion is um, displayed in the media. Because yes. you have shows like Greenleaf. But see, a lot of that is so true, though. Oh, it's very the, true. The reason why, okay, so those of you who don't know, Greenleaf uh, is a show on OWN, mm-hmm. and it's about a pastor and his family, and he's the pastor of uh, the area's mega church. Mm-hmm. But it's not just him. There's competing churches and things like that. And in all honesty, a lot of what Greenleaf is based on comes from some of the churches in the local area and, and things like that. Definitely. It's, it's real. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. We, But the church has been... Social media has exposed so much in the past decade that I think we, as just 
traditional or regular uh, patrons of church weren't privy to, right? I think we were, but we covered it a lot. Yes. It's like our generation, we don't take covering anything. You're not going to tell us how to fit in a box. You're not going to tell us what's right. You're not going to tell us we can't talk about certain things. And our generation before us was just so hushed. It was what happens in this house stays, stays in, in this, this house. house. Right. What yeah. happens in our church? Oh, no, that is a leader of our community. We cannot shame our pastor. Your pastor shames himself. Right. Absolutely. Let's discuss it and let's talk about it. Absolutely. And so that's okay. So that's my thing. One of the biggest things that I hear when I talk about this particular pastor that um, was trying to pressure me to marry uh, my youngest son's father and saying some of the negative, nasty things that he has said. Um, This is the pastor who was standing in the pulpit talking about relationships one Sunday. And he says, to, uh, I'm not making this up. He says to the audience, well, you better uh, make sure that you tend to your wife because she's at work giggling with her work husband. And while you're making her cry, he's making her wet. And I just, when huh? I, you heard me. In the pulpit. In the pulpit. And so when I say certain things, there is a certain place and a certain respect that has to be had. You don't have to try to dumb things down to reach the masses. Girl, you don't if I could clap on this that. mic, the dumbing down has got out of control. I remember Meek Mill's Heaven and Hell came out a couple years back, okay? I don't even remember when it came out. The, I went to church with my grandmother and I kid you not, the pastor was reciting lines from the song to make it relatable in his sermon. I stopped live streaming church this year because when Kanye first went on his bullshit rant, what happened? The pastor is in the pulpit bringing it up in a damn jersey. Then you have the picture that you sent me. <laughs> and that you just pulled up again that pastors and their wives are out here reenacting queen and slim <laughs> like i get it i understand that you want to be relatable i appreciate the prayers on social media i appreciate the ig videos the youtube videos you need that as young people that's how we consume our messages you don't always need to go to a church house you do need to have a church home right and you need to know how to get back into it but god said when one or when two or more are gathered i am there so you don't always have to be in the sanctuary to get the message but god damn y'all gotta scale it back some for me man I'm sorry. It's blatant levels of disrespect to the church, in my opinion. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and that leads me to say, people say things like, to defend the pastors and things like that, they'll say, well, they're human too. And I say, yes. They are. Here's the the thing. They are. Here's the thing with that. Mm -hmm. They're still leaders. When a cop shoots a black man in the streets, we want them to account for what they did because we hold them to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're human, but they're supposed to be trained and equipped and taught to a higher standard and held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. When uh, teachers are in the school sleeping with students, we want them to be held accountable for that. Because when Kanye goes on his rant, he's not a public figure, but you want him to be held accountable, but you won't hold pastor accountable for nothing. That is my whole thing. These are people who should be held to a higher standard, especially given, you know, what we're talking about. Yeah, you and have souls under your care. 
You have souls under your care. You should need to But be they held. get to get away with doing whatever because, oh, well, they were sorry and they repented and they're human. No, I'm not saying that they have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is they have to be held accountable. And that is the difference to me. That is a whole, whole mess. I agree. So. I don't say nothing wrong. I don't say nothing wrong with anything that you just said. I feel like what happens is that that I am human tag is just a cover up because... For some, it's just a business, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And then there's people who actually, they see it as a business, but they also see it as, I have your soul. To, I need to take you there. I need to bring you closer. This is my job. This is what was placed on me. This is the you know prophecy that was placed on my life, and I need to do unto it what God has given me to do with it. Mm-hmm. There's some people that just don't care. Yeah. They don't care. And so that, that leads me to why I think, people our age are leaving church or, or just not going. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of us grew up in church. We mm-hmm. know a lot of church kids. And that might be another piece of it, too. I knew church kids. Girl, the, them Bible Belt kids be the worst. So I remember one time, one of my good girlfriends, um, because I was quote-unquote troubled, mm-hmm. right? Um, being in foster care, you get labeled mm-hmm. with a lot of things. People label you before they even meet you. Just right. the fact that, oh, you know, she's in foster care. Oh, no, don't play with her. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but anyway, I had a very good friend whose family were, you know, big in the church. And they wouldn't let her hang with me because they thought I was the bad influence. All the while, she's the one that was introducing our friend group to drinking and smoking and trying to convince people to do weed. And out she, you know, uh, ended up 18 mom. And... The parents thought that the friends around her were the influence when she was the influence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when you see stuff like that, you see it at a young age that this is really hypocritical. And that's no shade to the friend because, you know, she's a product of her environment. So clearly they weren't pouring the right things into her. Going to church is not enough. Absorbing the message is the other piece of it that people, they feel like just because they drug their child to church, it's, you know, something's going to uh-huh. stick. Just because they was in the house, then I just mean right. that your child is raised. That's not how that works, mm-hmm. right? So, but you know, um... T.D. Jakes, because you started off with him. Love him, though. And, you know, I didn't see him my whole life. My grandma was the... T.B.N. Le- yes, and um, Woman Thou Art Loose, girl. I watched yes. that movie so many times, honey. And, yes. you know, had to talk about people can't... All of that. Um, I watched a, a old interview of him and Sarah when she first got pregnant. Oh. Um, it's right after she had her child, actually. And he talked about how he, she thought she shamed her family so much. And how she said, I will sit in the back of the church. Actually, I won't even come to church. Um, whatever you need me to do, because I understand what what this means for our family. And he did exactly what any pastor and any father should have done. He said, you know what? No. If our church family cannot understand this, how can I pour into other people and not pour in into my daughter? You're going to come and you're going to still sit in the front. And if they have a problem with it, I'll lay it all down. Mm-hmm. I will leave the church before I shame my daughter. And I think that that was what, well, I think that's what is wrong with a lot of like church families. And I say that so loosely because um, a lot of people feel like you can pray it out. Right. You just go away for a while. You can repent it. And it is what it is. We just cover it up. Um, But you don't. You you don't. Yeah, you don't deal with it. And that was him saying, I'll deal with it. And I'll deal with it in a very Christian way, which is I embrace you. 
Right. And I help you through it. So So for those who don't know, just a little backstory, um, Sarah Jakes Roberts is past is the legendary Pastor T D Jakes daughter. Girl, he he give me quivers every time I hear him <laughs> pray to this day. And uh she was a teen mom. Mm-hmm. Um, she went on to marry and divorce and, and now she's remarried and she is a pastor as well mm-hmm. and as well as her husband. One in and LA. And they are husband. very real, very down to earth and I really enjoy what they've got going on. Mm-hmm. I'm very relatable. Yeah. But how do you feel about it though? Because it's not your average church. Like she wears jeans into the pulpit. She gets her weave snatched, her makeup done. She goes on tour. She sells merch. Um, you can see that T.D. Jakes is even starting to come around a little bit because he's not in the sucker suits no more. Right. He's in his track suits, his jog suits. Do you feel like that is what our generation needs or is is that even well, acceptable so, to do? Well, you have to remember, Sarah is a part of our generation. And the crazy thing mm-hmm. is when I first saw her, I thought she was so much older, not because she looks older, mm-hmm. but because of how how heavy her word is yeah, right yeah, yeah. she speaks as if she's lived honey she's been through something well, and that's the thing she's been through something mm-hmm. but the wisdom that she has she has such an old soul. oh that's nobody but god that's nobody Clearly. but god he placed that on her so that's why i was like oh she must be older she's in our age group i think she may be my age yeah something somewhere yeah, in there yeah. either way she's in our age group she she's technically a millennial mm-hmm. And um, so the way that she dresses and carries herself, that's authentic to who she is. But and do it's you think not that's disrespectful. What a, but should a pastor dress that way? Why not? Because because at the end of the day, we always envision Sunday best as dresses and patent leather Girl. shoes. But that's what the style was in the 80s and 90s. Exactly. We're, we've, style has evolved. How do you feel about the come as you are services? Because I see there's more of them and I really like that. I also like that church is not always on Sunday. Now. Right. And I appreciate, especially like Sarah and them do it like on Thursdays for One LA. Mm-hmm. So you can just like live stream that or um, YouTube it later. Her dad still does his Sunday services. But I love that it's not always on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Like Sunday is not the day. I get it is the Sabbath. Right. It's your day of rest. But it's not the only day that you can consume your, your word. And I like that. So I like that a lot because that also is in keeping with the times, mm-hmm. right? So, yes, I understand the tradition of it being on a Sunday and why that is and why we still need to hold fast to that. But I do appreciate the alternative services because you have people who work 12-hour, 24-hour shifts, nurses, EMS, you know, all of that, who can't make it on Sunday every Sunday. Right. So every now and then or, you know, once a week having an alternative service you get to reach a broader audience. And so I can respect that. I can appreciate that. And as far as the dress goes, I, um, you know, come as you are, I think that that works. And I think that that uh, attracts more people. However, I know that when I was still attending church with my children, I felt that I wanted to go dressed up and put our best foot forward because I, you know, I felt like we were, uh, I wanted that A to be a tradition for us. And I felt like we were going to visit family. You know what I mean? It was our church family. Okay. It was going to uh, receive the word of God. It was like getting ready to go to Thanksgiving dinner every Sunday. That's how I viewed it. Oh, yeah. Cause so you and Joel Osteen will get to uh, get along fine. Because he said um, being poor and not dressing up for God and stuff is not what okay, God so intended. Okay, so that's not what I meant. Oh, that's not what you said? <laughs> no, ma'am. Okay, no. scale it back. No, because I'm still poor. Uh, a and B. I, 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 I'm still poor. First of all, check the records. Okay, check. I was still poor. 
Lord. Yeah. Ch- I heard it's a church in Fort Washington that um you got to give your W twos when you become a oh, member. No, so they can double check the ten percent. Is it ten percent? I think your tax is ten, ain't it? Oh, ma'am. Oh, they. I heard that is a requirement for membership, honey. That is a mess. I don't know if they're trying to give you credit counseling or I don't know. Is that something you could write off on your taxes? I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> I'm going to check on it. I'm going to YouTube it. Listen, that is a mess. Because what if you really, okay, yeah, make this much. But what if I don't have it to give? You have to have it to give. That's part of that's part of religion. That's part of the Bible. You have to put that aside. That 10%, your tithes is not a part of everything else. Mm. Yeah, so I don't understand tithing. I can't I can't act like I do. Have not read the scripture on it. Don't know that I believe in it. But um I don't know how I feel about that type of a requirement. Mm-hmm. That would turn me off. That to me sounds like a prenup. What do you feel? <laughs> okay. What turns you off? Cuz I know you said you left church. What are like your top 5 if you were to go back to the church today, what would turn you off? I don't think I would go back. I'd go back to oh. visit but not to be a member. Um, I, I don't think I would ever belong. But here's why. Yeah. So the video, there was a video um, from the Grapevine TV. They're on YouTube. So shout out to them. They do. They produce some really excellent content. Um, Ari and I just watched the video that they did on spirituality. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that stood out to me was that Christianity is exclusive. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can't practice Christianity and anything else okay this is it this is the path Mm -hmm. this is the way everything else is wrong Mm -hmm. I don't believe that Mm. I do believe that Jesus existed I do believe in God you know I do believe there is a path to grace Mm -hmm. however I don't know that Christians have it right that Muslims have it right that Buddhists have it right that Catholics have it right that whoever what if we all have a piece of something mm-hmm. and we're all trying to figure it out and put it together? Who are we to say, oh, well, we have this version of events, so all the other versions of events are wrong? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I would say I'm more apt to be spiritual because just being spiritual, meaning having a belief in a system, having a belief in God, doesn't limit me to one religion. Mm -hmm. So I can pull from Christianity and say, yes, I agree and understand and this makes sense, but also study Hindu and, you know, Buddhism and all of that stuff and not say, you know, Muslims are wrong and these people are wrong and everybody else has it wrong and Mm -hmm. we know 100% that we have it right because... Everything that's in this circle is what we know. Mm-hmm. Everything outside of the circle is unknown. Okay, okay. I So my takeaway after watching that is I'm kind of on the same line as you, except I think that I want to go back to the church at some point and get deeper into my faith. Um, obviously, my current relationship status, a lot of people would say that you're not I, I going to hell for that. Um, but... And that that's the ultimate sin. But I can give you a scripture right now that would contradict that belief. Mm. Um, What I will say after watching that video is that I think everything they were saying was correct. Christianity is not at all inclusive of other types of thoughts or religion. Um, And people who have whatever faith they have, um, they are very not judgmental, but very pushy to the point of what they say is end all be all. 
not realizing that the Bible, what I, what I tell people is that the Bible is up for your own interpretation. Like you can read a scripture and I can read a scripture and then we can talk about it after. Mm -hmm. And we're going to come up with two different things. Yep. Because that's what the Bible is. The Bible has been rewritten so many times that I can't tell you that the scripture that we read was even how God intended it to be, you know, sought out to the masses. Like I, I couldn't tell you if that was it because I wasn't there for the original copy. Right. I heard that there's missing books. Yep. It's just all these things. There's even passages when you go back and read it and you're like, hmm, this feels like something missing on this page. Right. Like something don't kind of seem right. Like the the Eve, Adam and Eve thing that you said, how like God was like, mm. so from now on, you're going to listen to him. It sounds like something missing. Like, so was she not listening before? Did she think right. she was equal before? But she knew she came from his ribs. So why would she feel like she was above him? But now you're saying, oh, you got to follow him what something's missing right what piece is missing right or like i told you i can quote the passage so if you go to like first corinthians i think it's like uh i have to i took a picture of it whatever it's like um chapter six like verse nine something like that basically god lists all these people all these people that are like sinned so he said homosexuals he said adulterers he said drunkards like a whole ass list and then he says but you also were one of them and you were washed clean so, okay. So, in my eyes, if I want to be gay today, and if I get washed clean, I'm good. You can't tell me I'm, aut- I'm ultimately going to hell. You can't tell me that. Hmm. Because my interpretation was a little di- di- bit different when I read the scripture, right? So, it's just like little stuff like that. So, that makes me kind of want to dive deeper into my faith so that I actually know what I truly believe. But also, I'm not opposed to learning other cultures. Like, if you walk in my house, you see a Buddha painting. Mm-hmm see Buddha in my bathroom I like it I I like what they represent right so lately so there is a common belief in my family that um, a family member practiced hoodoo Mm -hmm. so there is a difference between voodoo and hoodoo Mm -hmm. voodoo it takes on a more religious association Mm -hmm. um, and it was what um, Africans and Haitians used Um, it was their they used their African spirituality or religion, but they hid their gods behind like Catholic uh, deities and saints mm-hmm. and things like that. So hoodoo um, is a belief system, just uh, working with the like root work and things like mm-hmm. that, working with the earth and uh, manifestation and um, everything that you have is here with you and your ancestors and that type of thing. And so there is positive and negative to everything. There's duality. There's heaven and hell. There's good and bad. There's uh, in hoodoo. There's there's no such thing as like you're doing something to be evil or what have you. Mm-hmm. People assign that because what they don't understand is evil, right? right? So yeah, you can do dark work, but a lot of times that's a protection or you know somebody harmed you so you harm them type of thing mm-hmm. but the majority of what people use hoodoo for is for their health is for um, manifesting positive things drawing money drawing you know those types of things to them mm-hmm. and so when I started um, looking into what it was and what it meant a lot of what hoodoo and, and hoodoo was practiced in the south like Louisiana South Carolina that type of thing um a lot of what hoodoo is, is a lot of what people are doing right now. Positive affirmations and writing petitions to yourself and like um, 
writing a petition is a part of what hoodoo is and and uh, that type of things repeating things um and people are doing those things now mm-hmm. and they're calling it positive affirmation or calling it self-love the and the universe it, yes. and all of these things, mm-hmm. you know, uh, burning candles and meditating. Mm-hmm. You have candle magic. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Candle magic and, and burning candles and meditating on something to ha- hope it manifests. That is the same thing as candle magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you assign a name to it, when you call it hoodoo, when you call it conjure root work, now it's evil because that's associated with black folks and dark magic and mm-hmm. all of that witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you say, oh, no, this is, you know, Eastern <laughs> medicine or whatever, right. then it's, oh, OK, that's OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I also wanted to say one of the things that I learned about root work is back in the day, black folks didn't get medicine. Right. They you didn't know, get they were they they're. Slave owners were not calling doctors to come and help uh, Janie out to make sure she was okay. So what did they do? They used what they knew. Mm -hmm. They used the herbs. They used the roots. They they concocted things and put it together. Mm -hmm. These people who practiced this and and knew these medicines and knew these herbs and roots and things, um, now they're labeled, you know, uh, witch doctors and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because... You see herbs in a pantry and it's not in a medicine cabinet or, or you know, it's not in a medicine bottle mm-hmm. or labeled properly or what have you. What is this nonsense? Right. Right. But the, the craziest thing is a lot of what we know now for modern medicine came out of people just putting stuff together and try this and eat this. You got a headache, do this. You have fever. You know, my grandmother used to put onions in my socks. I know that sounds crazy. Potato, no. I put a potato in um, Avery's socks one time. Girl, that thing turned black as hell. Yes, pull that fever right on out. That's the craziest pull thing. Pull it on right on out. Put that and potato in your sock. Yeah, put that potato in your sock and you sleep overnight. So and wrap yourself up good. It's going to heat you up. We knew these things. Mm-hmm. Now we're turning our back on what our ancestors did calling it evil you know shunning it because white folks didn't understand it Mm -hmm. so they said it was bad so it must be bad but now pharmaceutical companies are taking those same herbs those same remedies that we knew and made and selling them for millions billions of dollars back to us back to the people who knew how to do it in the first place it's so funny so one of my homeboys Mel shout out to Mel because he does a lot of like herbs and all of that and he um, does like my drinks for me sometimes he posted the other day about elderberry which basically is a great herb um, I guess it's like a fruit and it basically um, ramps up your immune system, so blocking out cold and flu. It's cold and flu season. Mm-hmm. I look, Zarbi's brand got a whole immune system tablet that you can take elderberry. Yep. I don't need that. Yep. I'm gonna tell Mel to just mix me up something, and I'm gonna be good for the flu. I'm gonna get no flu shot. People, look, all these people running to get dietary supplements, paying for stuff they don't know what's in it, going to GNC because their immune system, their um. Uh, they're fatigued and this that and the third our ancestors had the answers and we didn't pass those things down we lost them Mm -hmm. in translation because somebody said it was bad somebody said it was evil Mm -hmm. so i would like to challenge people to be open enough no matter what your spirituality faith religion whatever is be open enough to not automatically shun anything that you don't understand thank you as evil or of that's that ain't no the Lord. That ain't the Lord's work. Thank you. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of what's happening or what has happened in those back room kitchens and things like that, mm-hmm. 
are now being mass produced by white people. They're selling it right back to us Mm -hmm. when we had the access back in the day. And I would say that if you are currently um, doing like hoodoo or you're doing your positive affirmation, whatever you want to call it, because Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that'll say, my big homie God did this. Y'all gonna call it the universe, but it's the same thing, okay? I'm gonna pray, you gonna manifest, but it's the same thing, okay? Mm -hmm. Let's let's be clear. don't shun once you have practiced that and then you find your way back to the church don't shun that i hate that is the biggest thing it turns me off on religion so much that again people think that their viewpoint or their interpretation of the bible of god everything is the only answer whether it be that or whether it be whatever else you're practicing stop doing that Mm -hmm. your religion and your spirituality can be inclusive we can have it all. Mm-hmm. And it's better to have it all. It's better to believe in something than to not believe in anything at all. That's how you save a soul. Is you give them something to nourish. You give them something to learn more of. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you shut them out and you shun them away, that's why people are really leaving the churches. Because you're saying, oh, do it like this, this way. Come at 9 o'clock, sit on the second pew, and read this book, and you're going to get saved. And as soon as I forget to sit on the second pew, you're like, oh, never mind. You, you're, This is not for you. Mm-hmm. You can't be a part of this. Yeah. And then, so the other thing, real quick, the other <laughs> thing, I said, I say real, real quick, quick, but it, it ain't going to be quick. Real quick girl, but real quick. the other thing that I realized about um, some of the other spirituality, um, like African spirituality and things like that, hoodoo, whatnot, they share so many similarities to Christianity. Mm-hmm. And some of the thought processes and some of the things that are done are similar to Christianity. Mm-hmm. For example, back in the day, I remember people down south would say, get red clay or red brick dust and put it outside your front door. Anybody that means you harm won't come in. We used to chalk that up to, oh, that auntie, she's so superstitious. Oh, that's that crazy auntie stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did some research and that has biblical roots. Remember Passover mm-hmm. when um, I think it was the firstborn were getting slaughtered, mm-hmm. but those who were to be saved, you put um, blood over your door and your child wouldn't be harmed. Same idea. That's where that came from. The thought process is this is a representation of the blood. And this way, anyone who means us harm, spirit or or human, will not enter this home. That's where that came from. Now, what happens if they already in the home? Oh, honey. How you get them out? <laughs> well, you know, there's banishment and jars and things like that, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, okay. <laughs> candles and, and things like that, but we'll address that at a later send, time. Send me a video. You know you love to give me a I homework love, project, girl. Listen, I love my research. So that's one thing. The other thing was um, I remember seeing altars, hoodoo altars, mm-hmm. and Summer Walker actually just kind of got in trouble for this. She had a picture of um, crystals and candles and all these different things. And that's associated with like hoodoo voodoo, witchcraft mm-hmm. type of thing. But the crazy thing is that we're, people gave her so much pushback for that. But a lot of what you see on an altar, um, especially like a hoodoo altar, it relates to um, your ancestors. Mm-hmm. So you may have pictures of a great, you know, grandmother or auntie, someone who passed on. And the purpose of that is a rem- is to remember them and to pay homage to them. Oh, so that's like the um, ofrenda. Ofrenda from Coco. Yes. No, I love Coco, girl. Ofrenda. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love so it. So that's exactly what that is. So you're, so where people, you know, 
feel some kind of way is because we make the dead like so superstitious mm-hmm. and, and scary. And that's not what it is. Because if you hang in a picture of white Jesus in your home and paying tribute and respect to him, no all right, shade. Florida. All right, Florida Evans, girl. <laughs> oh, you remember what? Oh, yes. when Michael took that picture down, he said, "This is not. This is not God. Take it down." But if you can, like, and even in you know the Catholic Church, if they're putting up you know photos and and paintings of the saints and Mary, and these are people who died. And the little boys, ma'am. Can we let's bookmark that? We're gonna come back to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you if you can put up these things mm-hmm. and it's okay, these are these are technically ancestors, right? These are people who passed on before us mm-hmm. who we're paying tribute to by remembering them and telling their stories and reading about them in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Why can you not do that with your own blood relatives, your own ancestors? Why can why is it so wrong to remember them in that way? Put um, for me. Um, my aunt Dreamer mm-hmm. is the best thing that ever. I love her name, me. Dreamer. I love yes, that. Dreamer Dove. Yeah, girl, a name. Beautiful. She was such a beautiful soul that walked this earth. Um, she passed away a few days after I gave birth to Aries, and I was not able to make it to her funeral. And the thing that hurts me the most about her passing is I moved to Maryland. Um, and I was so excited about moving back to Maryland from Texas, my military times, um, because I knew she was here in Maryland Mm -hmm. and I couldn't wait for her to meet my baby and I couldn't wait for her to meet my husband. And, um, I was so excited and planning all the things I was going to do when I finally moved, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't move during the pregnancy. We were moving afterwards and she suddenly died. Um, and I never got to say goodbye. I had just had Jay. I mean, I mean my oldest son mm-hmm. and so I couldn't come to the funeral um and I never really got to pay my last respects oh, to her no. so I talk about her all the time Maya knows who she is um so in our living room we put out flowers for her um I pour fresh water for her um you know we don't have a picture of her up yet but I will be putting a picture of her up just to pay my respect and keep her memory alive when people come in and ask the question well what's that what are those flowers for what's that can't why do you have a candle burning mm-hmm. oh that's a memory of my aunt dreamer that's what that's about it's not scary it's not me trying to revive her from the dead yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know have her spirit in the house no i don't want to lose that memory of her mm-hmm. and i want my children to see her every day mm-hmm. and even though they didn't get to meet her know that she was such an amazing woman that she will never be forgotten see i was always taught that you're supposed to let souls rest Mm-hmm. So what I do is I take very people that are very close to me and I put them in my Bible pages. Yep. Oh, so another thing in hoodoo. <laughs> so where'd you get the obituary? I take the obituary and I put it in the Bible pages and let them rest. So if you ever open my Bible, you'll see uh-huh. everybody that's close to me. Their their souls are resting in the Bible. So the Bible you can use for spells, and here's how. Somebody in my family, I will not say who she is, passed on though. Um, my grandma. So, <laughs> girl, listen. Let me let her soul rest. Put her Wait, obituary girl. in the Bible. We're not trying to conjure her up in here. Lord, Patty said but, it, not me. Lord, don't come to me tonight. But my so speaking of that, in hoodoo, my grandmother used to take pictures of people who had done her wrong. And um, one particular instance, she wrote on the back of this woman's picture in red ink pen, "Bind her tongue." And, and wrote over and over her petition, what she wanted to have happen, and then took that picture and put it in the book of Revelations. So while you may put an obituary in Psalms, 
to have that spirit or soul rest. She put the picture in the book of Revelations because although that person hadn't passed on, she wanted to cause her hell on earth. Oh, girl, I, now I have to go Google tonight <laughs> because I got to make sure I didn't place them in the right pages of the Bible. I was just always told it didn't matter where. You just got to go put them and make the soul Listen, rest. Don't, don't you put them in the mouth of the beast. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Lord Jesus. Be careful. Be careful. There's duality in all things. I'm just saying. You see how that works? Mm -hmm. So do y'all see? Listeners, are you listening to this? Please form your own opinions at the end of the day, your own views. There is enough out here for everybody, but I I just want to urge you to believe in something. I will tell you that when I was at my darkest time after getting pregnant with rain and just trying to figure out how I was going to do all this, I turned back to my faith. And when I was hearing like, oh, you you don't go to church. You just live stream it. Oh, you're not that close. It's, well, this person believes this and you don't believe that. Honey, I don't care what you think I believe as long as I know I have an understanding with God and that when I pray in the shower or wherever I pray and I call on him, he is going to deliver. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. I don't care about your interpretation of what I believe again it is my interpretation that matters do you feel like you have to go to church to go to heaven and should the bible be taken literally or in general as a guide general as a guide of course general form your own please just please take it generally and I'm going to actually 2021 my goal is to read the thing front to back okay okay um do I think you need to go to church to go to heaven I again think you need to have a church home you do I do think you need to have a church home. I do think that you need to be grounded in in that. You don't have to go every Sunday, but you you need to go. Why? Just curious. Um, I'm not trying to... Because even though the Bible is up for your own interpretation, you do need a pastor to lead you. You do. Like you, that's my belief. Yeah. That you need someone who has, again, like we said last episode, that is an expert. So I believe that pastors are an expert um, in divinity, that they've studied that, that they, they should know their Bible and they should know their word. So again, while I stumble through the verse in First Corinthians and I, I feel how I feel about it, I need that person who is has a prophecy over their life to let me talk to you about it and let us come to an understanding about it. Don't let me be out here believing that God said that if I come to church five times that I'm going to go to heaven mm-hmm. and that's not really what that said. You need to lead me back. And I feel like a, a true church can do that. But again, the Bible does say that when two or more are gathered, I am present. So he's clearly in the room with us right now. So I have a personal question for you. Mm. Get up off my back, girl, while I sip this drink because you asked too much. <laughs> If that pastor were gay or uh, lesbian, bi, what have you, Mm -hmm. would you go to them for guidance? Because what I've learned recently within the past four years, I went to uh, D.C. Pride and there are churches where the leaders of those churches are gay, lesbian um, well, I've only met gay and lesbian, but I'm sure there's a plethora of, you know, under the, under the literal rainbow. Mm-hmm. So would you seek their guidance? Oh, she got real quiet. This is real personal. You ain't got to answer that. Oh, <laughs> Next oh, episode. <laughs> you got to think about it. I have to think about it. It wasn't a, a right out. Yes. Yeah. I think that they, just as much as anybody else, can lead and mm-hmm. that we could go and have those same conversations. But while you're here on earth and you're forming your own opinion and you're trying to figure out what I believe in, I don't 
don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, what if my interpretation is wrong and I am going to hell and then they're going to go right along with me. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was being followed like blindly, like the sheep. But see, this is why I think, again, you should be, not you specifically, but in general, people should be open mm-hmm. at, to other people's ideas Mm -hmm. and not say that you have to believe it but listen i think this is the time especially while we're in our youth to seek answers and to seek information and and maybe not even answers just seek information because once you have the information that can lead you to the answers right Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. so just seek information on different religions different topics different spiritual mindsets different you know beliefs right and then come to your opinion and say okay the reason i know in my heart that christianity islam this that and the third is right is because i sought information from this side this side this side Mm -hmm. and what i've pulled together from all the experts let's call our pastors and you know Uh, all of that from the experts the people who studied this this is what you know came from that Mm -hmm. and this is why i'm going down this path that's what i think yeah so sis what time is it uh is it time for benediction <laughs> Girl. I thought all it was right. comedian time the way I got this wine popping, but uh um, Okay, uh if you all feel so inclined, please open your wallets. Oh yes. <laughs> and donate. Listen, we need to set up a Patreon, a PayPal. Yes. We take it <laughs> we, all. Cash app us. Cash app, okay. Th- there we go. You know what? I'm about to set that up tonight. I'm taking <laughs> Please do because we we gonna have to make sure that season two is on and popping. So hello. Absolutely. Well I I really enjoyed this. I'm too. so happy that I got that out of my system because I've been carrying that a while uh, around for and a you while. You did that. You did. You did. Okay, so it is time for unpopular opinion. This is always my favorite part of the show. Okay, always. Um, unpopular opinion this week. Your family is the only people you can spend holidays with. Hmm. I missed my family so much this holiday. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was texting my cousin, my best friend. Um, we're super, super close. And we just weren't together this holiday. And then my mom was sad because I wasn't there and all of that. But I had a great time forming a new tradition mm-hmm. um, with my girl. And even if we, you know, don't have this lavish relationship where it lasts years and years, it was still good to see something different, to just know that you can celebrate a holiday and still feel love without having this big gathering. Like, you don't have to have that. And I just love that our generation is just not always saying, okay, let's go to Big Mama house at 2 o'clock and the whole family got to be there. Like, no, you can do something small and intimate and still feel that same love, so... I 100% agree. As you saw on my Facebook, I saw a uh, post that really uh, captured how I felt this year. Mm -hmm. It said, listen, don't ask why people aren't showing up to Thanksgiving anymore. We are different. We are not holding those family secrets. We're not sweeping it under the rug. We're not keeping it in this house anymore. I know who, you know, stole the will. I know Mm -hmm. who touched who. I know when I left the room, who said what about me? Honey. You know, who ain't... uh, looking after the kids or who had an outside baby and won't raise them and that child's not allowed to be here throw them family secrets and get you and so when I saw that, I was like, that explains everything that I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier this year, I had a personal situation with some family members where boundaries were enforced and those people didn't like it. And it is hurtful. I can't lie. But I feel more peace 
because the holidays stress me out. Um, because if I don't make the right decision or if I don't go to the right family member's house or if this person wants to go here, but this person wants to go here. Now I have to figure out where I fall and how to appease everybody. Maybe I'll visit three houses so I can see everybody. So nobody's feelings are hurt. No, Girl, this year, guess what I did? I stayed home. My whole life, I went from house to house every holiday to make two families know that I love them. Well, here's the thing of... The time you've known me and you've been to my house back in 2016, back back when we first were meeting each other to now, mm-hmm. how many times have you seen anybody in this house besides me and my children? Once. And was that a parental figure or anybody like biologically related to me? Nah, that was your husband, your ex-husband. Mm. So that tells you something. You've yeah. been here numerous times. Mm-hmm. People don't visit me. Mm-hmm. So how am I... The one with three children gassing up my car and driving all around God's green earth to see people who don't come to see me. That's how I feel living up since I've been living up here. I've been up in North Virginia for 10 years. So I am relocating and I want everybody to keep the same energy. You couldn't make the trip. It was traffic. You didn't know how to get here. Blah, blah, blah. Please don't relocate to my house because it's convenient for you now. Please don't. Uh Uh-uh. Doors closed. Since what's yours this week? Okay. So mine is, and it's steeped in um, friendships. Because over the past uh, few years, besides family, I've been uh, losing, quote unquote losing. I wouldn't say lose, you know, because if we were truly friends, I don't think you'd lose that. Sometimes you You outgrow people. You outgrow people, but but you don't don't lose lose them, them, right? Mm -hmm. So... That popular saying, no new friends, no new friends, no, no, no. Drake ass. Um, no, I don't agree. Okay. And the other idea is if you lose a friend, it has to be drama. I don't agree with that. Okay. I don't believe that. I think, you know, of course, be careful of the new friends, but be open to new friends because there are people who aren't close to you that cheer for you harder and louder than the people in your circle. Mm-hmm. And there are genuine people in the world and, and they don't necessarily want anything from you. And again, you do outgrow people. So sometimes you have to elevate and move beyond the circle you're in. And it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, have some horrible fallout and you, y'all aren't friends anymore and y'all start telling each other secrets and talking about each other behind each other's back. Sometimes a friendship is for a season and sometimes it runs its course. Mm-hmm. And just because this season has come to an end doesn't mean that that's it for that friendship. That means, okay, this season I've outgrown you and you have some things that you need to do. And maybe in two years, that's there will be a new season for that friendship. Because there have been people who I lost contact with, not because, you know, um, we moved away or what have you, but it just the vibe wasn't there anymore. Nobody was upset. Mm-hmm. But when we finally caught back up, that energy just reignited and we were like us. <laughs> Perfect example, girl. Perfect. I, I really appreciate our break and I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like our friendship now is, it's like more it's of genuine. a genuine. Yeah. And it's a sisterhood. It's not yeah. forced. It's not because we're doing a show together. Like we do talk a lot about the show and it's just, yeah. I feel like it's because we have so much going on right now, yeah. but I cannot wait for us to take our break and just build our bond even more and then come back and kill season two. Absolutely. Honestly. That's how I feel. So how do you feel about the episode? What do you think? Oh, this was good. I know this one was a good one. I can't wait to get the feedback. Listen, again, our opinions are our own. Mm. Now, 
I'm free to debate in the comments, but we're going to be respectful. You're not going to change my mind. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I'm not here to change yours. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to offer a different perspective. Please only debate with C. I must call you CP. Please only <laughs> debate with uh, Patty. I, I don't have the energy. I don't care. At the end of the day, I feel like what I said is what I said. And um, you didn't have to listen because we told you at the beginning to turn it off. Well, if you still love us, which you do, <laughs> if you enjoy us and didn't cancel us after this episode, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On Mothers, O-N-M-U-V-A-S Podcast. We are also on Spotify. Follow us on Instagram, On Mothers Podcast. My girl, Ari Lawan, that's A-R-I-L-A-W-A-N underscore. I'm Chatty Patty DC on all social media platforms and website, chattypattydc.com. Oh, Lord. Be sure to leave us a comment, like, subscribe, share, rate, all that good stuff. Dang, you want to do everything. Yes, do everything. And drop some money in the cash shop. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> Christmas is coming. Yes. Oh, you know what? You can get us Christmas gifts. Look, okay. Wait, don't forget, sis. Our next episode, we're doing a Ask the Mothers. Yes, so we are. if you have anything you want us to talk about, you can drop us a topic. Yes. You can drop us a question. Um, DM it. Post it under a picture, whatever. Um, I'll put that up later this week. So. Yes. And that's it. Tune in to us next Wednesday. We drop weekly. And we're done. And Bam. We're done. Oh, another one. <laughs> and another one. <laughs>